podcast. And these are the stories of the heart of the community in the heartland. This series brings to life the oral histories of journalists in North and South Dakota, newspaper legends who devoted their lives to covering their rural communities. By now, a few have passed on, but all of their legacies endure, and their history is forever preserved in the newspapers they leave behind, as well as through these stories. These episodes are sponsored by the North Dakota Newspaper Association and the South Dakota Newspaper Association. Since the 1880s, both have advocated for the public's right to know and for the importance of newspapers in a democracy. What is the future of journalism? It's a question constantly asked, but without a clear answer. In this episode, journalists ponder the direction of the industry they have worked in for decades. They reflect on the mission of the media and their predictions for journalism's future. But first they discuss the factors that have led to the current climate, one with innovation and opportunity, but also one with financial challenges and accusations of fake news. Linda Seiler of the Dickinson Press is among those concerned about the explosion of false information online and the public criticism that the media is facing. I worry about journalism to a degree because of all the fake news things. Um, do people trust us like they used to? How do we keep that trust? Um, so I'm worried about journalism. Um, I don't think... <sighs> what are my thoughts about today of the state and notional perspective? I think it's the fake news that we keep talking about. We need to keep our trust in our reporters. And so I'm not sure that's there like it used to be. So I've got some concerns. Dale Blagan of the D. Smith News said changes in technology that have opened mass communication to the general public have significantly impacted the news industry. The technology we talked about earlier, I mean, there's been tremendous leap in technology. We basically went from Gutenberg and movable type to computers and video cameras and tape recorders and, and all this other stuff. In terms of content, um, I think there's, you know, both bright spots and, and not so bright spots uh, in that. Um, investigative journalism and, and real hard news kinds of journalism is still the lifeblood of the profession. And that's being done well by many newspapers, some television stations, uh, few beyond that. Uh, the bloggers on the internet are opinion pieces, talking heads. I don't have a lot of respect for what's happening there because there isn't a, uh, a system to vet what's being presented. If there's a downside Maybe there's a little too much entertaining kinds of news in both newspaper and in broadcast journalism. Uh, we uh, get too darn hung up on what Kim Kardashian's doing with her butt. Uh, it's, it's just, it's too shallow to uh, last, I hope. 
Marilyn Hagerty, who began working in journalism as a college student in the 1940s, also has noticed a shift in journalism content following the rapid changes in technology in recent years. It's kind of perplexing because it is changed so fast. I think that that we know everything a lot quicker than we ever imagined we would be knowing it, and it's that of course is a good thing. And uh, it's uh, kind of a show. News is turned into be kind of a television show, and and uh, it's not. It's just kind of hitting the highlights all the time. I think. I'm kind of put off by, I watch a lot of television news, and I'm kind of put off by some of the little, just featureish type of things they do on the local and the national news in the evening. It's, uh, it's more just quick little meaningless cutie things than a serious report of a situation in the news, but they're on there trying to make money and clearing way for ads. And so it's kind of, while it's faster and quicker and more colorful, it is also not in depth. Tim Gallego said the news industry deserves criticism for reducing its local coverage. Well, I used to travel an awful lot. I'd pick up a newspaper in Chicago and, and read it maybe get on a plane and fly to San Francisco, pick up a newspaper and read it. And I've seen the same content in that paper in Chicago is, is the one I'm, I'm picking up in San Francisco. And so what I see happening then is, is those newspapers win, those cities are losing their sense of community. They're not really going out and doing the stories that are important to the people that are living within the community that they're covering. They're just picking stuff off the Associated Press or off the internet or whatever, but they're and they're all, they're, they're, they're all similar, and I see too much of that now. Like others in the news industry, Gallego is also concerned about how the public now receives information. I see people turning too much to getting their news from sources that aren't news sources, and, and uh, that bothers me. I hope that doesn't become uh, what's going to be the way we get our regular news is off of blogs and Facebook. You know, you get to the point where you see something on Facebook or, or, or in blogs and, and there's no credibility there. You don't, you don't really believe what's there. And I always want to believe, when I pick up a newspaper, I want to believe what that reporter wrote in that paper. You know, I might be critical of maybe a point or two they missed, but I know that person put their heart into what they wrote. And I don't see that on Facebook. I think I see so much harm coming from these other sources. Verlin Hofer, whose family history in South Dakota newspapers dates back to the 1920s, has also witnessed a change in communities themselves and the decrease of a neighborly vibe. Well, one thing, like in, you know, uh, local or small town weekly newspapers used to be filled with what they call local news. Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so uh, went to Sioux Falls, or they went here, or went there, or so-and-so had company, or so-and-so is here from, 
Iowa visiting and, and blah, 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 all that stuff. I can remember when the Linux Independent would fill up a half a page with that kind of news. You don't find any of that in local newspapers anymore. In fact, is even when I was still in business in the 80s and 90s, I can remember people saying, none of your darn business. I don't want people knowing where I'm going or who's been to my place. Roger Casa, who spent over 50 years working for the Huron Plainsman, said declining trust in media concerns him. I think the, the biggest change has been the, the, how people view who we are and what we do. And I think that they are extremely critical of us because we are journalists, and that's because they don't trust us. We have lost the trust of the people in many cases, and uh, we have to work very hard to get that back again. Siler thinks reporters need to help combat that lack of trust by engaging more in their communities. So I think we as reporters need to get out there on the streets, we need to get into the clubs, and we need to get our faces out there so they get to know us as a person, not just a byline in the paper. And I think that's the only way we can combat that locally. We can't do much about it nationally, but that's what we can do locally, is to get our faces out there. With so much negativity surrounding the industry, some worry about its future and the ability to attract young journalists. We need good reporters. I mean, and I think a lot of young people are shying away from the profession because they kind of look at it as a dead profession. And uh, I don't ever see that happen. I, I don't know what this country would be without the, the, the reporters that are out there doing the hard work and coming up with the truth and doing the investigative things like uh, uh, for the water situation in Flint and, and uh, the cover-up of the Catholic Church in, in Boston. It took reporters to go in and, and do those hard stories. and I don't want to see us lose that. I, I hope that there are enough good people out there who will take it upon themselves to uh, lead the community back to where it should be in terms of journalism. Perhaps the most significant factor influencing the current and future state of journalism, however, boils down to one word, money. Dick Lee, a former journalism professor, saw the shift over his career. Change has been money. The change has been money in the sense that people are not paying the same amount to get news that they once were. And part of it has been the selfishness of individuals and of stockholders and um, so for years newspapers really didn't see themselves as making loads of money, but now people see communication as a way to make money. And they're having a hard time doing it. Bill Marcel of Forum Communications said there are a lot of misperceptions about journalism among the public. As an executive, Marcel witnessed firsthand the changes in the news industry's revenue. Forum Communications now owns about three dozen newspapers in the upper Midwest. Marcel began working in advertising at the Fargo Forum in the 1960s before growing the company and becoming its CEO and chairman. The business side is, is much more difficult uh, than it was because I said early on, you know, newspapers were an unregulated 
monopoly or utility in most most towns. So that's become uh, more difficult. There's more competition out there now, and, and the advertisers are a lot more sophisticated than they used to be. The mm. only show in town, they had to buy the newspaper, you know, so that, that, that's become a lot different. Noel Hamill, a former publisher of the Mitchell Daily Republic, discussed how unprepared the industry was for the growth of the Internet in the 1990s and early 2000s. I do. Hindsight's great. Most newspapers siphoned off resources from their news departments and other departments to put into their online presence. They didn't charge for the online. They gave it away. Well, that was a conflict I had with my bosses. I said, why would I, what's, what's the main business principle that, even if you're not a business major, the main business principle is you don't ever give anything away for free if you can charge for it. So why would we give away our content on the internet and not charge for it? The internet had a lot of newspaper owners not only concerned, but baffled, perhaps even frightened. And the newspaper industry in general made a lot of mistakes in the approach that it should take in dealing with the internet. I always felt that the content was still the key to the newspaper's survival. Where are you going to get news about Brookings, Brookings County, if it's not in the newspaper? I mean, Google's not going to report that for you. All these online news services aren't going to do that for you. I think the newspaper still has a franchise if it would just dedicate resources to it. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I have a real concern that if newspapers fade away, that there isn't going to be anybody report any professional journalist. We've got the bloggers, of course, but we're not going to have any professional journalists presenting the news in a fair way so that people in a free society can be informed. Now tell me how that's going to work. I think it's a work in progress. I don't think we have those answers yet. For journalists, money has long been a tricky factor in an industry that prides itself on the separation of its advertising and editorial departments. In other words, reporters purposely focused in the past on serving their communities without much concern for the newspaper's finances. Now, it's impossible for newsrooms not to feel the impact of money, a fact that bothered longtime weekly publisher John Andrist. I, I spoke earlier about uh, journalism being a calling. Uh, one of my concerns is this become big business. It's more about making money than it is about community service. I think there's still some zeal in the hearts of man for making community service uh, a part of our business. But I think it gets less emphasis in the business today. Uh, Another thing I despair is the concentration of media ownership. I think the thing that made journalism so wonderful in my younger years was its diversity, 
uh, we're headed for a time when who knows, maybe Walmart alone half the half the media outlets. And I say that not totally with tongue in cheek, you know. Uh, and whatever is wrong with journalism, however, is wrong with all of us because it isn't just journalists who become seemingly more me-centered. Uh, it's uh, I hope the next generation makes this great discovery of what's really important because now it seems to be more about me. You know, I, I don't know at what point newspaper, the print version gets down to their core base mm -hmm. and, and the core base then will, uh, they're not price sensitive uh, to newspapers at the core base level, so price will not become a factor. I think the circulation prices will increase when you get to that level, but the internet has to be, from a revenue standpoint, has to be a big player here. So we'll do okay. The, the, you know, the financials are all changing. Um, the money's not as good as it once was. But let's face it, it was too good for a while. Newspapers made uh, more money than they probably should have. But who was complaining? You know, I, I think some of these uh, techie companies that are making 7 8% margin, you know, it's insane. But it's just the way it, that's the way it goes. We'll do okay. Long term, you got to be flexible. Well, I think newspapers will continue to be around, and I think <clears throat> I'm hopeful that there will be a rebound for newspapers and for uh, broadcast coverage as well. I mean, as we know, there are more stations and uh, more news outlets, but there are more talking heads and. There are fewer people who are out reporting. Yeah, that's, that's a real problem. I think that newspapers like the Grand Forks Herald and smaller newspapers in small towns like uh, um, Roseau, uh, will be, Crookston, will be around for a long time because people in these towns know each other and they want to know about each other and the only way they can really get what's going on the obituaries the weddings those things is by reading their local newspapers hopefully forever <laughs> i'm sure the bigger papers will be around beyond your time and my time bismarck tribunes the fargo forums i worry about the little papers are the voices of those little papers going to be there in 10 years? I don't know that. But I think the rest of us will be around a long time. Mary Carol Keeter now works for South Dakota Newswatch, a nonprofit launched in 2017 to provide quality journalism in the state. Prior to that, she had her own reflections on the future of journalism. Well, if I had a crystal ball, I could make some money. I think that there will always be a need for journalism. I think there will always be a need for people to ask the questions, inform the public, hold people accountable, celebrate successes. 
uh, in a community. I think there will always be a need for that. Um, right now, that's all being communicated to the community in a variety of ways. You know, we, different platforms, people get their news in different ways. That will continue. I mean, I think that we probably, there probably are technologies that we can't even envision that will be in commonplace in the future. Um, so, and journalism will always have to adapt to whatever that is and, and how, how that new tool might help them. In, a journalist in presenting that information is always going to be a conversation going on and a study and, a, and things that are going to be evolving. Um, so I think journalism, journalists have a, have a role you know, in, into the indefinite future. Despite the turbulence in journalism in the past decade and the uncertainty over the future, experienced journalists in North Dakota and South Dakota are adamant that the industry's overall mission should remain the same. Well, the, the mission of media shouldn't be any different than it's always been. That's to inform the people. That's, that's our only altruistic purpose for living, you know. Thomas Jefferson said that if he had his choice between, how did he say that? His choice between a free government and free press, take the free press because the government wouldn't stay free very long without a free press. Well, we have an important part to play just because of what I've said, you know, we have to be a watchdog on the government. Uh, who else is going to do it? And, you know, uh, I think people in this country now are starting to recognize the value of a responsible press. And they've, they've recognized the bloggers and some of these fringe newspapers or uh, internet source providers are not accurate. You can't rely on them. So I, I, I feel comfortable with people are going to come back to the press. I, I think it's a, a very important role in presenting what is happening in the world, what is happening in our nation, what's happening uh, on the local level, um, especially in terms of what government is doing and how people are reacting to that. Um, whether it's a school board, a city council, a state legislature, or, or Congress, it's, it's important that we continue to put the information out there. Now, we can't make people digest it, I guess, and we can't make them react to it, but we have to keep reporting on what's going on uh, and uh, analyzing what's going on and giving people some real options uh, and not fall into just the talking heads flapping their lips uh, uh, about things. Uh, there's got to be something with more depth than that. Media probably has the most important role there is in democracy. Uh, without the media to cover the political arena like it is right now, which is, I think, probably the worst it's ever been in the history of America. Uh, you're not, the, the people aren't going to be able to make knowledge, uh, knowledgeable decisions. They have to have the facts in front of them in order to make decisive decisions that's going to have an impact on their lives and the lives of their families. And, 
So without the media there to cover these issues and get that news out, knowledge is important. It's, it's a source of everything we are. And uh, without that, uh, we're not going to survive as a nation. For the Dakota Journalist Podcast, I'm Terry Finneman, with sound editing by Savannah Wakefield. And these are the stories of the heart of the community in the heartland. Mm-hmm.